Today's podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use my code NASH and get $20 off your first order. Guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. We're here with Doug Robb and Dan Estrin from Hooba's Tank. Unreal. I am so excited. These guys are uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary release of The Reason. Is that correct? Is that why you're here? Check us out. Or did you just... What'd you say? We're celebrating right now. <laughs> this is our celebration. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. This is our year, celebration faces. 20 year anniversary, what, December 9th? Uh, yeah. December yeah. 9th. If you had to, my son's in a band. If you had to start right now, you're 17. I know you guys, you guys were friends in high school. I know you guys were in a battle of bands against each other, right? Yes. Correct. If you had to start right now, start a music career, what, what, how would it be different? I have actually said to people before, if we had, if we never had gotten a record deal and had never been what we are, who, whatever, um, at this moment right now, if we had to start the band and make it, I don't know if it happened. Um, it's just such a different time. It's 20 years later. Yeah. How we apply ourselves is completely different. Uh, we're much older. The world has changed. Um, I think that we're still as passionate about making music and our love for music, but I think the approach is just totally different. And so the the reason this is this is like has has over a billion plays, right? It was just on Beef. Did you watch Beef? I heard about it, but I, I didn't read watch that it. you heard about it. We watched it. We I watched we, it. You watched it. I mean, I thought it was like the best show I'd seen in a long time. Like okay. It was that good. I've been hearing yeah, best I've show of the year. Um, and uh, you know, it's funny when you hear like when you hear a song like that and it's played to like really like high level television. It it brings it it gives it a whole new it's nostalgia. It also plays like it played so well that the song re entered the charts from that yeah. from the Netflix show, right? I heard it was used really well. Like yeah. It was. That's it was like a perfect song for that scene and the whole deal. Um so thanks, Beef. And and that was not um that was your third song. You guys didn't want to release that song at first, right? That was what I read. It wasn't. It, yes. I, I, the short answer is yes. But it was kind of the token mellow song on the on the album. Right. We had done. Uh, it was our second uh, major label release. And on the first one, there was a there was a, a really mellow song and or a couple mellow songs um, on the indie albums that we had or the indie release we did before that there was mellow songs yeah so it was just kind of to mix it up a little bit so it was almost a given that at some point in every album of ours there was going to be one or two mellow jams and that to me at the time i think maybe to the band as well was okay that's that's one of those yeah and we didn't pick it in like the manager band label powwow when it was done where everybody's like let's let's Pick uh, singles. Yeah, it, I don't. It wasn't on our radar. I mean, it, they made us go back and record some extra songs because they weren't sure if we had a single. So, so this so, is this is a case where the record company was right. Um, to know to put that song out right. Well, I I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. My memory is that. We, we, we had a song called Out of Control. It was heavier. Uh, it was kind of more up the music alley that we saw ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and, and kind of how we had established ourselves in the first record. Um, and it was at that point, whatever, six weeks in, where they go, okay, are we going to throw some more money at this yeah. or are we going to move to the next single? Yeah. Uh, and if we do move to the next single, it's going to be mellower, you know. And I think we 
we told him we wanted to keep pushing like the the heavier song. Um, and then at some point, I want to say there was a radio station in Utah. I mean, and I could be crazy. Of I course, feel like I remember. Of course, it's Utah, a Utah. religious yeah, area. Utah, because um, I know it's not a religious song. No, right. Um, and uh, <laughs> I feel like some either a manager or the record label or somebody was telling us, dude, this song is getting played. Yeah, we didn't service it out to the radio stations. They're starting to play it already wow. uh, on their own. So we can either jump on this because it doesn't happen a lot, or we can tell them to stop playing it and <laughs> and keep pushing the song that you guys want to push. Um, and they obviously wanted us to jump on the wave. Yeah. And we literally flew out to New York to fight them <laughs> on that. No that way. we didn't want it to. We wanted to keep pushing out of control. Um, we lost that battle. <laughs> what did they say in the meeting? I'm so interested. Um, it was it was all that kind of like, look, it's all it's at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you guys. You know, like if you really want it, we will do what you guys want. But we think mm-hmm. you're making a big mistake, and um, you know, we had a an ANR guy who was a good friend of ours, but it was also a really good like car salesman. You know, and you know, he told us all the things we needed to hear. You know, yeah. this doesn't happen. The song's going to get huge, and blah blah blah. You got it. You got to. You gotta grab this one when it happens. They're you know? they're really good at manipulating you. Yeah, pour enough <laughs> wine are. in your ears and like. So when I remember young, we left like going. That, yeah, they just they, yeah. they know how to fucking work you. I remember we left going yeah, shit. I've been worked. You know, <laughs> I guess I guess we we jump on it. You know, yeah. to be honest with you, you're sitting here telling the story, which is absolutely accurate. But right now, as I sit here and I listen to the story, I cannot help for the first time, maybe not the first time, but believe wholeheartedly that they were fucking with us the whole time. They wanted the reason to be the first single because they knew how big they, they they felt it was going to be huge. We had sat in a meeting and played them at Universal Hilton or something like that, and then in a boardroom with the entire record label after we finished the record. The record wasn't even out yet. Listening to the whole album, when it got to that song, everybody you could just feel and see everybody responding to it. Yeah. To, to when it got to like the second or third either the second course or the by the last course, there was people that had never heard the song that were actually singing the song now at the table and their reaction Except now we know they were all rehearsing. It was all paid for. But I think that what do you mean they were rehearsing? Just kidding that we used we used to joke that 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 when like we would fly into a city yeah. and there would be like a the record label exec to, to meet us there and we'd have to go from the airport to whatever building is. They'd make sure the night before they poster all the route with all of our stuff to make oh, there's it, our stuff to there's make our it seem stuff. like there's oh oh they're doing the good the marketing. <laughs> they're doing the marketing. But the shit would just fall off the next day and like, okay, who is the next man coming what through? You know? What a bunch they're, of scam artists. Yeah. Yeah. They don't That's do unbelievable. We were sarcastic dicks, thinking like these motherfuckers are Very doing cynical, this. You know, yeah. very cynical. Like you're kidding. They're really good at telling you all the things that you want to hear and make you feel like they do really care about you. Sure, and they they do. They I did. The time. I think there people. are a lot of people within the machine that care about us. Hundred percent. We um, met a lot of those people and have relationships with them. But the machine itself just carries like wants money. That's it. Of course. Okay. okay. So you're yeah. sitting. You're sitting there, and you. How do you bang out the reason? Like, how, what happens? How did it come quick? I said, I, I. I'm a comedian, right? And my biggest regret in life is I was never a musician. Like, I just think it's the coolest. I think the the my favorite thing in the world to do is to sit there and like listen to like watch Kanye like come up with a song or that process. Like, you know, when somebody comes up with something. I agree, man. I watched the Beatles uh, yeah. get back 
yes. twice. I watched it like two times in a row. No shit. Did you really? I was so inspired it's by the it. Best. But watching them write, get back and watching. That's the one that was recent, right? The one where all four of them recently just got together in the same room and remade you know it. I mean? Yeah. The, the recent re- like release though. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that's. No, yeah. I watched that one too. And I don't, I'm not. I, it was historian. I, I could watch it again and again and again to watch the four of them sitting there and watch Paul McCartney on the bass trying to figure out and coming up with the idea for Get Back and the the lyrics and kind of like he's fumbling things here and there and it's snowballing its way into the song that we all know yes, and then yes, boom yes. it happens and it's like yes are you fucking kidding me they have cameras in there like yeah. how am I just seeing this now in 2023 or 2022 whenever I saw it for the first time like holy shit um so that was amazing. I don't remember what... what yeah. But go ahead. I guess the question was, how'd you come up with the song? Um, the music started... I did the music at home one day. I we, we had been touring heavily on our first album that was pretty successful for us in yeah. a brand new band with their first album. So we came home and I was just... My head, it was just so into the band and into music and whatever. And I don't remember. I, I just knew that we had to make new music yeah we had time off and i just was sitting in this i was living at my mom's house still and um i was sitting in this guest room um with my pro tool system playing guitar and i came up with the initial what you hear on guitar the just that and i i was like oh what i how i was playing it was felt slightly different for me than what i had previously written this thing that i had come up with and I thought it was kind of interesting. So then I, what I wanted to do was incorporate other like root notes so I could make a progression, a chord progression out of it instead of it just being in the initial key of E Yeah, is what it's in. When I started, it's in that first part is an E and then it switches to another note, you know. Um, so I found the notes and I recorded it. Uh, and like I would record all my ideas, you know, um, to a click track with the guitar and then I programmed drums and put drums over it, played the bass over it, played some keyboards on it. Did some, that's great. The first dun, 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 I didn't do that, dude. So that didn't do that. No, 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 no. And cut that out because I don't want the producer to hear that. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. can't give him credit. Um, do anything. He's straight though. No, I'm just kidding. I love Howard. Cause it's one note. It is is. right. Over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. But so that wasn't the song. The song started just, like after that, where the band comes in, you know, everybody came in together, yeah. and um, and uh, I so I'd sent it, I'd sent it to Doug, like I had been sending everything else to Doug, and yeah. um, got a call or a text or whatever it was, probably a call at that point, um, saying like, okay, so this idea, uh, it's called mix track two mix whatever because I didn't have a name for it. Um, you're playing an overdub. You're playing this guitar part in the chorus. Uh, you don't have to play that. I'll sing that as my line. And then I was like, I just remember going, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And then hung up the phone with him. And you, show- I don't even remember, it was man. A day, like, dude. It was quick. It, like he said, it was. It wasn't like, oh, this is something different. It was <laughs> all right. He he gave me a CD. It was a CD of like, uh, I was in an apartment off, you know, Topanga in Ventura. All right, in my apartment. Um, I had a stack of, you know, papers and old like stream of conscious type writing stuff that I just accumulated. Um, and that's it. Like he said, he, he sent me the music and I go, Oh cool. I like this overdub. You did guitar part as the vocal line. I'm like, I'm going to sing that. And he's like, okay, cool. And then the rest of it was really fast. It was like, okay. 
I like this line from this paper. I don't, they're not dated or anything. Um, and I just like, I cherry picked these phrases from old writings and I put it together. It wasn't like, Oh my God, I got to, I got to write the song about Susan. You know, like it was, <laughs> it was nothing. And the, oh, the funny really? thing is people always ask like, who is it about? Yeah. I don't know. It, I used to say no one in particular because it wasn't. Yeah. But then I started going, well, it's actually about me. It's about me because it's it's uh, continual <laughs> like endings to relationships. Like I'm the, the variable that never changed in that. You know, like I kept on doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So the song is really about me, I guess, in, in a sense. When I look at the song as I was reading the lyrics this morning, I, I, the way I relate to it is I have a lot of younger friends um, who – I'm watching them go through stuff as young men and watching the mistakes that they've made. And they're the mistakes I've made. I've made the same freaking mistakes, you know? And I just think that some, you know, when I was, when I look at it, that, that's what I see in it. It's like uh, pe- people changing. And, and then, you know, when you're young and you want to change, but you like, you just can't, you know? And so now I'm older. I've, I've made a lot of changes in my life. And for me, like that's, that's what I get from it. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm sure people. That's t- the beauty t- of music. Yeah, do people you, t- people just t- tell you, you all you kinds of things like this reminds me of my grandmother. Everything, this- everything. Can you remember any of them? <sighs> no, I mean it's a it's a lot of like, a lot of like this is our wedding song or this is a song I proposed to my wife to wedding or, song or um yeah which is a little weird right it. we've uh, had a lot of people reach out to us and tell us that their one of their parents passed away or something like that and it was this it was the song that their mother or their father loved that they would listen to whatever i mean there's some seriously like heartbreaking touching yeah uh stories that we've heard um which is yeah cool but as far as the the writing process mm-hmm. i've always kind of said if 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 we have a handful of songs that i feel at least on on my behalf like lyrically and melodically if they come together fast like everything i throw out to myself snowballs and it and it sticks those are the ones I feel have had more success. I mean, or at least the ones I've enjoyed, even if they weren't singles. Yeah. Um, the ones where we have to like, just keep going back to it and like, maybe change this word. Yeah. I almost feel like now, if that happens now, I just go, let's, let's just fuck the song. Show it's, it. it's, it, yeah. And it's, so you finish the writing, then you send it back to Dan. And what does Dan say? So, okay. So, uh, this was going on for years between the two of us sending me sending music ideas to Doug, Doug sending possibly singing over them and then sending them back to me. So I do happen to have and had a lot of our demo, my demo music of our songs with his demo vocals on them. The reason I didn't, the, the reason he didn't send back with vocals, you never sang on the demo because it came, it happened so fast that I think that you just had the idea. It was towards the end end of the writing process for that record that I think we had just had Howard Benson, our producer come over to the house and sit with us and we maybe kind of yeah, I, played it. I'm acoustic. telling you, I got the, I got the music in the evening. I've wrote the lyrics or, or, you know, compiled and fill in the blanks while watching like football on the couch. Like it's very not romantic. Like right. you know, how you would think. Yeah. So um, I never, I never eating and it came together so fast. I feel like the song was done in less than half an hour. Like, wow. Like, I had oh, never dude, heard. Is, everything works. Wow. Everything works. You know, like, um, I think I hadn't heard what he was singing until we had tried playing it in rehearsal for the first time. I knew he was going to be doing something in the chorus that was, you know, 
because that's what my guitar was doing uh-huh. but i but when you called me you said you don't have to play that overdub guitar because that'll be my melody and i was like right. cool i won't play that um but everything about that song and how it was demoed from like c- conceived had the hooks already in it except for that that intro piano which is a big fucking part you know of mm. the song it starts yeah when, um, when you're in a cost plus you when know, you're and you're the, shopping, you're and you when hear, you're at the freezer aisle, <laughs> in the freezer aisle, like, kicks um, in. Dun, 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 dun. But like, oh, as far yeah, as, that's my jam. as far as so, over the years, I've been in places where it's come on, or I've been with you know people who we've been sitting around, and it's come on and every time. You know, it gets right before the chorus. There's that guitar overdub. That's that neener neener, and like yeah. I've had girlfriends over the years, kind of like neener neener, and kind of like <laughs> pointed out to me and stuff like that. So it had these little hooks already that were in the demo. Um, and these melodic hooks that Doug had written. And like he said, everything just kind of, it, it was happened. tough. It was tough for me today when you guys came to, for me not to sing the song. I, I had to catch myself. Yeah. We get a lot of like, people. You're in my living room. I was like, I'm not a it's like the old Kevin Nealon bit from SNL. Have you ever seen it? Which one was that? Kevin Nealon had a bit on SNL, and he would get in an elevator, and then Sting would get in the. Oh elevator. yeah, dude! I thought that was I thought it was Chris Farley. It was Kevin. It was Nealon? Kevin Nealon, and, uh, and he would start yes. singing the songs. No, dude, <laughs> no, awesome. he did it. He did it with. I saw he did it with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and he sang oh, the yeah, back, back in time. In time. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. That. Yes, I remember dude, that. Dude, that shit was. He would sting, and he'd go. Roxanne, because <laughs> yeah. he would be—he'd recognize him and kind of be like, "Oh wait, you're dude, you fuckers do that, anyways." Well, whenever we're somewhere, I'd be like, "We have a, we have this so stupid. We have a, we have a like a guitar case. It looks like a like a coffin, but you put a few guitars in it, and, yeah. you, and it, you pull it over and you roll it on wheels, right? And it's and it's died recently, but one of the wheels was broken, so it would be like bang, 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 bang. It was like uneven." And we kept on joking. We got to put like a piano, no, an E. So every time you pull it, it just goes bing, 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 bing. <laughs> like, like, just to draw more attention to, to the bass player. So that, well, that's just, so you said you wanted to be a musician, but you were a comedian. And a lot, yeah. and over the years, the offensive shit that has come out of our mouths, yeah. we have always said to each other, dude, if we ever got called out for stuff, we wish we were comedians. Like, yeah. not real. I don't think we have it to be comedians, but that's. Our brains are constantly going to sarcasm. What's the joke? What is the first joke? Right. The jab, yep. and then the twist. Yes, you us know, too, yeah. And um, and how offensive can we be? And I th- think that most of it is because we believe the opposite of what we yeah. typically are the, saying. It's right. funny to us because it's so not who we are as yeah. people. So the the worst we the worst shit we say, the funnier it is to us. Yeah, you know, like, and I think that's still true with with uh, like when I look at like my kids and stuff. I think it's still true with them. They say offensive stuff, but now there's just a lot of pressure. You're, you could be caught on camera right. saying stuff with the phones. And I mean, yeah. our generation was better, I think, you know. Safer. Yeah. It was better before phones, right? I mean, it's, it's hard. I, I can't sit here and say that it was better because I do believe that if we say that, we kind of just sound like our parents, you know? Yeah. And, and which is, maybe they were right the whole time, but at the same time, I'm open to growing and at least I'll say I am, maybe I'm not actually in the moment, but like I'm open to seeing things from a different perspective and a different generation. And why is that cool? Why do you like that? Why don't you like this? You, you just know? discovered Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's called Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I like I like that. When did you discover Amazon? You said upstairs uh, about a year ago, dude. The other no, the other <laughs> like day, a week ago. Like the other, I, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I see the trucks all the time. Okay. 
But like, those trucks. I was like, I ain't fucking falling for it. And then the other day I fell for it, dude. And it's just like package after package are showing up in my house now. Because at nighttime when I'm ordering them, it's not as much guilt hitting by. Because I do it and then 10 minutes later, I totally forget that I did it. Yeah. And then like, I'm not actually pulling and then, cash out. And then you, you walk your dog and you come back the next morning. You're like, oh my God, dude, I'll get a little surprise. I got a thing, a notification on my phone that an Amazon package came and I was so stoked. I rushed home and it was it was a a, a three pack of socks, dude. <laughs> And it was, they didn't even, I saw it too, that it was in a clear packaging. I on my porch, it was just like, oh, my name's on this. Like, yes, I get to open that it. I put so that thing open, dude. I was so stoked. So you guys went to high school together or separate high schools? No, Doug and I went to high school. But together. you were in opposite bands, opposing bands. We were in different grades. He was a year above me and in different bands. Yes. But, okay. but we knew each other. And so then you were in a battle of the bands. And then after that, you said, let's start working together, basically. Uh, I mean that. Yeah, that's the, the short version. Wasn't I that think, professional? Yeah, but, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, when do you the, get some traction? When are you like a band? When are you like you actually feel like, hey, we're getting gigs? And when when does that um, happen? I high think school? that happened after high school. After high school. After high school. Yeah, I think that happened. We started playing shows like uh, in Hollywood. Kind of felt like, oh, dude, we're we're you're coming we're like, down from Agora Hills. We're like a band. You're playing yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. You're playing the the Viper Room or whatever. Rock Troubadour. Whiskey in the Rocks. Whiskey in the Rocks. Troubadour. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, fun. Those must I be remember fun days. after the first couple shows, some dude. Body. Yeah. Some <laughs> dude, like, hey, man, you, you want to wear my, my you know, t shirt company with snowboard t shirt? And I was thinking, oh my God, I made it. I made it. <laughs> like, people offered me free clothes. I think it was like two, okay. three yeah. shows free in. Yeah. yeah. Like, some guy was going to, like, take pictures of me wearing his shirts. So I thought it was a, uh, uh, that's it. I can retire. Um, yeah, that's kind of when I felt like, oh man, we're we're more than just like doing stuff in the garage. And th at that time when you guys came up, it was the same exact time that Incubus and uh, Lincoln Park came from Agora Hills too. Is that right? Incubus was I would always say Incubus was like two years or, or something like that. A year, two years uh, ahead of us as far as like um, ah but still they've been playing for a couple years it's a lot of Lincoln bands Park to come. was honestly like a couple years behind us as far as yeah you're right but to the average person that's just standing back looking at the timeline we're the exact yeah, same yeah. It's a, it's three all, big it's bands all, it's, from it's one town well incubus it's was insane. in calabasas okay. lincoln park was a little bit of agora and calabasas mix but when we're sitting here talking about seattle and soundgarden and and those bands you realize that they weren't all at the exact same like maybe two years apart, some of them, and then the sum of it all yes. was massive yes. at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how people, yeah, so I can understand how, how, how people perceive the three of our bands. Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Alice Jane's going, okay, let's be a band now, all of us. <laughs> okay, well, cool, we started the exact same time. Um, were you close with Chester Bennington? We had become close with hit. We had toured with those guys. Um, Chester was not from where we were from, and a couple of the other guys from Lincoln Park. Where's he from? Were Chester was from uh, Arizona, but Mike Shinoda and Brad Delson, the guitar player and the other singer of Lincoln Park, were from Agora, and we went to high school with them, and we did know them. So we knew them very well before all that stuff, and were friends when we were younger. Um, Chester, however, when we toured with them, was probably the kindest, most outgoing personality in the entire camp. Um, not that anybody else was bad. Everybody was great, but Chester was just full of life, and um became our dude i feel like and i also feel like too though because we you know we were we weren't partying we were not a party band but yeah we would have drinks here and there and mm -hmm. from my memory it was there was no drinks on in the lincoln park camp 
mm. for whatever reasons. And so he'd come and hang with us and we just became cool with him. Um, that, that, that like, um, baffles me because you hear that a lot. You see somebody that's like so outwardly nice and kind and he brings happiness everywhere he goes. And then on the inside, he's like torn up, you know? Yeah. I didn't know I like him. It's more common well. than you do. Than you realize. Yeah. Yeah. You start <laughs> to hear about. Oh, that oh that's me. You're right. I never thought. What am yeah. I talking about? I'm literally describing myself. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> look out for the people We're who figuring are figuring out today. Look, look out for the people who are happy. Don't worry, I'm not well, gonna... the whole the whole thing about people looking from the outside, going, "Well, how could you be unhappy? Look at your you're married. You have well, kids. That I get, yeah, and you have millions of dollars, and you're the, the biggest band in the world. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Trust me, I'm sitting here also thinking those things, going like, "Dude, what do you?" But none of that matters when you're depressed and when you're feeling the yeah. worst that you could possibly ever feel, and there's no hope. All that right. shit is. You're not thinking about that. If if your mental well being was based on all those stats, then yeah, then yeah, then he wouldn't have. You know, uh, he was somebody that all all that stuff didn't make him yeah, happy. It doesn't ultimately. matter. Yeah, guys, today's podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, the one and only best ticketing app in the nation, around the world. The one company that has been with me since the very beginning of this podcast, SeatGeek.com. Go check them out. SeatGeek is just an amazing ticketing app where you can get tickets to concert events, sporting events. You can do it all on SeatGeek. The service works great. You can get tickets to anything. You get the tickets fast. You get them right on your phone. And right now, SeatGeek has an incredible offer for first-time customers. Uh, If you use my code NASH, you're going to get $20 off your first order. Right off the top, Right off the top, 20 bucks off. Go get it. Go to the link in the description if you're watching this on YouTube and download the SeatGeek app and have it and make it a part of your life uh, because they've been a part of mine for so long. Use code NASH. uh, That's SeatGeek.com. My thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring this podcast. So now you go, you've got the the song, you've got all this success, you're doing MTV. That's when MTV was big then, right? You make the music video for the reason. And then you, God, you go to the Grammys, you do all this. I mean, what, what happens? Like you just what? said it. Yeah, I, you I just said, said it all. Dude. All right, guys. You good just night. said it. We're yeah. gonna go. I don't know. That was a very interesting time. Um, I mean, I look at you guys now. You guys are dads, right? You're like, he, I'm not, but, but, oh, well, but, but he is. Yeah, well, three of the guys are. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, and so, but back then, you must have been like on top of the world, hot shot. Yeah, like, you know what? Did you feel I that I kind of feel like we were. Yes, there was a part of um, me. I can. I guess I can only speak for myself. That felt. Like a badass, you know? But I've always had the other foot in dadhood. You know, even though I wasn't a dad at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I've, um, I'm just a giant pussy is when I think about it. (laughs) Like, I, 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 yeah, I was like talking to the dad friends I have now. Like, oh my God, you must have been wild. I'm like, did you go to college? And they're like, yeah. Well, I guarantee you, you, your college days were wilder than my wildest, like, rock star days. Yeah. Like, I just never... I, I, I can give you a bunch of reasons like why well, I wasn't really into this and I'm kind of introverted and I'm shy and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, well, honestly, it was just fear. I, I didn't, it was so, that whole lifestyle and that like type of, uh, I don't know. that, that Debauchery? Yeah, debauchery and was so not me. Yeah. And it wasn't like I wanted it and now I had the license to do it. I never... I never got into music or anything that we do because I wanted to be a rock star. Mm. I don't want to be a rock star. Like, what's his face? So, uh, Vernon Reed, who's a guitar player for Living Color. Yep. We toured with him last year? Or the year a couple before. years ago. He, at the end of the tour, he's like, Doug, you are the anti-lead singer. 
Yeah. And, and he meant that, I think, in a positive way. Yeah, it's like, yeah. He's like, you don't do all the cliche things that lead singers do. Sure. He's like, you Destroy don't do, the hotel room. You don't room. do any of it. Like, you don't require the... the Coke the, off the, somebody's the, breasts. The, the spot. No, but I'm talking about even the... Dis- you don't require the spotlight. You don't do this, blah, 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 blah. Right. But that's all... That's Because nice. that's who I really was. Does that come from your parents? Do you have a good upbringing? <sighs> I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess. It, it was good. Yes, it was a good upbringing. But I still think it's a lot of just... Fear. Like I didn't want to. I'm not like a rule breaker per se. Mm-hmm. You know, I can bend things, but I don't want to t- test limits. Aren't you lucky that way that it that you were you had your, your wherewithal and you had it's, the sense about you to say, hey, wait a second, I don't need to. Right, right. I mean, trust me. There are times be like, I want to, but right. I don't. It doesn't feel right, or I'm just too scared to pull the trigger on this. You know, like yeah. I don't, whatever activity we're talking about. I'm like, no. You know, I. It's fun that all this is happening around these award shows and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I kind of feel like I'm still going to go home and, and sleep in my bed. And yeah, um, it was a funny tweet you had about, um, there was a trend on TikTok. I'm not a perfect person. Right. And you, you remember that trend obviously. Uh-huh. And then you made one, uh-huh. which was, it says, <laughs> it's like, I'm not a perfect person. And then it's you saying, uh, you're sorry that you named the band. Who Right. <laughs> That's one thing that we've been, <laughs> Yeah, we're extremely self-deprecating uh, so as a band. Um, Do we you all, regret the naming the, the band that? Not now, not yeah. anymore. Yeah, I still don't. I still go. God, that's a fucking stupid name as a band. <laughs> but I feel like it works. It, it's, it's memorable. It's so nonsensical and it's so its own thing that even if you don't know the band, you almost know the word. You know, Hoobastank. I, I, that's a band, right? Like I've heard of that. I've heard it. Yeah. And so if it were something more common it might have gotten lost in yeah. the zeitgeist of it, you know? So I think it kind of, it's it's standing the test it's, of time. It means a German sneakerhead? Is that correct? No. That's, I, that's you a good say that somewhere? Did you read that somewhere? Yeah. Because we, we just used to say anything and everything we could think of that was random to... We shot ourselves in the foot on that one early <laughs> on because we would ask, at every interview, first album, so what does Hoobastank mean? Um and we would start just bullshitting. Oh, it's like this gravy that this is like this is <laughs> Swedish gravy like that. Or it's my, my brother who lives in Munich. Oh, it's a street in Munich. Like his brother lives there. Oh my God. And, and, and I used to say it's, it's the H and Jesus H Christ. Like people don't know that <laughs> I've studied the Bible. It's, it says it's, you know, right. Um, but it was nothing. And I thought, I think at the time we thought like, well, if we keep on giving everybody different answers, they're going to stop asking. Yeah. 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 And it didn't, it just perpetuated. But do you think that if we would have said a real answer that it would have stopped people from asking? No, because people are lazy and they don't want to just go, well, I'm going to interview Hoobastank. I'm going to, like, what does the band mean? It, it, you know, or not band mean, what is the, where did the word come from or something like that? It's literally a word we pulled out of our asses in high school. Yeah. Like, it's not like um, some deep story again, you know. Will you guys make a new album? Uh, I mean, we, we talk about, we talk about doing new stuff and we have new music ideas. Yeah. Um, and Doug has a bunch of ideas for those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you for years have been saying, I don't want to do new albums anymore. I just want to put out a few songs at a time for years. I'm talking really? like decades. <clears throat> like, um, uh, I know he has a love hate relationship with the recording, right. And recording process. Uh, I usually just really enjoy Why? it. Because you got to go through him to get the lyrics, right? <laughs> Some it's, of it, it's I'm sure. Yeah. It's very it's, challenging. Yeah. Not him, but 
him, but right. also it's part of everything like is Elton John and Bernie Toppin. But everything, I mean, I am challenging to myself. You know, I get in my own way, and I get I, I, mental roadblocks and shit like that. You know, so um, it's my own anxieties. And but when I'm in the thick of it all, even though I'm acknowledging it now, and I I can recognize it, and even when it's happening in the moment of it, though, I'm not thinking clearly. So if I'm in a bad spot mentally because I'm not feeling something or because I just have no fucking idea what to do here, yeah. I get in my head and yeah. I got to leave. and I, Or I got to go like, okay, if I'm expected to come up with something creative, I got to I gotta leave, dude. I got to go somewhere and, and think about this and, and work on it. And um, I don't know if a lot of people would expect that, you know, from, from a band member or somebody in a band that's, you know, had the success that we have had, but... No, I would expect it. But I think I still, it's probably even harder because you're like trying to thread the needle again. Or it's been hard, man. It's head. been like if you think about yeah. between the reason coming out yeah. and today, it's been 20 years. Yeah. And it, over those 20 years, I have been trying to still write music and have it um, be successful. But that also have it be successful. What does that mean? You know, if yeah, like you said it before, if you if I write something and nobody fucking hears it ever, but I am so proud of it. To, that's kind of successful I want right to say there, that, you know? I want to say that's the success we all should be shooting for in any, in general. You got to pay because your bills. Because it's not, yeah, but. Are you, guys, are you guys have enough money that you don't have to work? Well, yes. We, we we still play shows and stuff. <laughs> oh, you, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, I know you still play shows. and you still We don't play. have any other jobs. Yeah, no, I know that. I know that. But yeah. I'm saying, like, if you wanted to quit right now, walk away. Did the reason bring you that much money? I guess what I'm getting at is how much did the reason make you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason made a lot of people, including a billion us. streams on spot. Uh, well, that's something that you would, yeah, you I would calculate that. I guess. Ben, hey, you have. A, <laughs> did you have to buy your plaque? Oh, we see you have no, a. What is that? For free. Is that a, a million subscriber plaque? It's either the hundred thousand or the million. Yeah. Okay, we got. We have. I have a bunch of random. Like my my garage is like converted into stuff like that, yeah. you know. So I have that's where I have like the music stuff. There's plaques and blah blah blah, like awards and and shit. Yeah. And the only one my son gives two shits about is the fucking YouTube. <laughs> one. YouTube plaque. Yeah, and it's in you a box. I don't even have that. To him. I don't even, even have that one up. He he brings his friends over and they go in the garage like, oh, and it's just they pull they pull out and they go, oh my god, a million subscribers. And I'm like, dude, it's really funny. Okay. <laughs> a million forty five thousand or forty six thousand. How much right now? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's rad, but I think it's funny. That's that's what's important to him. I have a friend who's a YouTuber, and uh, and Tom Brady's walked up to him, and he was like, thank you so much for taking a picture with my kids. My kids are freaking out. And you're like, dude, this is Tom Brady. Like, yeah, right, what, what, are we right? what are we talking about right. here? Right. You know what I mean? And, and who, who else, um, like, who are some of the coolest people you got to work with, the people that you're like, we got to work with Matt Wallace, who uh, who did who produced their biggest um, albums, mm -hmm. and we had actually met with him to do our first record. Mm -hmm. uh, we did end up going with somebody else. Um, Those Faith No More albums that Matt Wallace produced were probably our favorite. Yeah, yeah. some Most of my like those albums. like Desert Island albums, you know, were were his. <clears throat> we we literally like two or three days ago. We're on stage with uh, guys from Toto and Ringo Starr. Where? <laughs> well, we were on. We we did a thing. The USO a, thing. We no. did a we did a um a a charity event for autism awareness. Is it at Asner Family Center? Oh wow! But yeah. Toto, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Ringo Starr 
headlined it. Everybody did three songs. Stone Temple Pilots was there. Joe Bonamassa was there. Colin Hay from Men at Work. Work. Wow. Toto and us. And Stone Temple Pilots has a new lead singer? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and he kills it, dude. He's he's yeah. great. He's Yeah, he's really good. And those three musicians are fantastic yeah. and just such good dudes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got to, at the last song, get by with a little help from my friends. You know, we had been told that we were allowed to come out and sing and whatever with Ringo and Toto because Toto's basically the backing band. Sure was, enough, he calls yeah, us out. Yeah, it's a little surreal. He calls us out. Steve Lukather from Toto's waving us out. Like, it was just really cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah just... Uh, I'm like, dude, I'm on stage singing a song, uh, a Beatles song with a Beatle. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, something That's like a little that. weird. It's, it's almost like tough to be in their orbit. It was, dude, I mean, yes... There is Ringo was up there and I'm standing there playing the guitar and I remember looking at him going, Oh dude, he's wearing like jogger sweatpants and like he's like super skinny. <laughs> oh, I bet small. He hair. This motherfucker's tiny. Like I'm thinking that as I'm playing. Yeah. And I'm standing right behind him. But oh. then I look over and then I'm see, I see Doug standing over there singing, you know, with Colin Hay. And I'm a huge Colin Hay fan. Yeah, I, I know think Colin, Colin I think Colin's voice is so awesome. great. So good. So unique and so good. And his songwriting is great. So he's over there singing with Colin. And then behind you is Dean DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots, mm-hmm. the guitar player. On drums is uh, Greg Bissonette, yeah. you know, who's played with fucking Toto and David Lee Roth. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and then next to me, to my right, is uh, David Page from fucking Toto, the dude who wrote like Africa and Rosanna and Hold the Line. And I'm yeah. and then Steve Lukather's on my left, and Robert. And I'm like, what? Oh, you're the geeking fuck out. Am what I am I doing here? here? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I was watching one of your YouTube videos this morning. It's like you guys did an acoustic version. And the top comment was, he's still got his voice, which I thought was really cool. Thank God. Right? <laughs> it was like, and it had like, you know, 4,000 well, likes. Yeah. I, which I, is, one of these days I won't, you know, I kind of feel like just nature will eventually make it sound different. I saw Billy Joel, man. Well, I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl. Does he? I it mean, was unreal. Because I saw Elton John, I saw Elton John at the Wilshire, and yeah. he had to tune everything down. Elton's voice has dropped a little, oh, quite yeah. a bit, but he's still rad, and his voice no, is still, still killer. And the yeah. songs are amazing. It's just, I, you know, there's times that you sing. I don't know if it's because we're married to a degree, and yeah. I know the songs so well, and I know his vocals so well that I at times can hear what sounds like um, an adult version a little bit more of uh, of Doug. I can uh, definitely hear the texture changing as changed. You. But I mean, it's been, you know, and I, I don't mean 25 that in, years of singing. So. In any negative way at all. It's just simply, I hear, I don't know if you could, I don't know if, if what I, if what I'm thinking is maybe he could go sing lower than he, ever before. Maybe not, maybe not, but just um, there's a more a be- matureness. There's, there's a beauty in that, in that matureness to hear yeah. the song now. And you're like, it's those years going back into the song. I saw the Strokes once with my son, and it was the best concert I ever saw. And the, for the first half an hour, he he wasn't warmed up. He was just like s- screaming, and uh, and then by about halfway through, his voice was like incredible. And I don't know, just that like ride was cool in a way. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like shit because you know? I've had countless shows where I can't pull it together. Yeah, for half the set and then all of a sudden it kind of works. Um, and I, I, you're always your own biggest critic. I always walk off going, fuck, you know, that sucked. Yeah. 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 That really sucked. I do that. At uh, and then yeah. some people will be like, dude, I didn't even notice. Or yeah. that was, or like you said, that was like part of the fun. It was how, part of the how, fun. How different it sounded. And I was one of those guys. Like if I saw Faith No More or, or Alice in Chains or something like that, I always liked when they, when it sounded a little different. 
It yeah. didn't sound, dude, that sounds exactly like I like when they cut some corners, when they or embellished things or, or just made things different. That's what I always liked about it. So, um, so I'd be one of those guys and be like, yeah, that's awesome that he didn't do it perfectly. Did you guys get nervous to like do something big like the Grammys or you played the Grammys, right? We didn't actually play the Grammys. We um, presented an award, but yeah. we were nominated as well. But we've played those types of yeah shows, like award. Uh, we've done award shows actually, yeah, and we've done a lot, yeah, a lot of MTV shows. awards. Yeah, like a MTV Music Awards. Would you get like super nervous for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I still get nervous now. Yeah, you do, do? do sh- anything. Yeah, I got nervous going out the other night, dude. Right before yeah. we walked out, you I had. I had to start blowing on my palms because they were sweating. And you, I had to tell myself, dude, just focus on your breathing, man. Like, you know what you're doing. Like, it's just because it's something new yeah. in the arena that that's familiar to us. But now it's something, you know, when we're on tour every day and we walk out, like, we literally could be playing fucking Uno and not even talking about playing a show and literally like, oh, we got to go, we got to go. And we run out to the stage. Yeah. And it's so casual and so comfortable and not stressful and I'm not sweating bullets. But for some reason... Uh, a one-off with Toto and Ringo and those guys. Like, right. Makes well, I mean, when you pants. put it that way, it sounds, well, yeah, obviously you'd be nervous about that, but. I do this new thing in stand-up where, where I tried to do this weekend where usually I get nervous from the time I wake up until the show. So and then this weekend I was like, okay, I'm only going to allow myself to be miserable an hour to uh, before the show. <laughs> so it was really just an hour where I was like flipping out, but normally it would be like, maybe it means that we still care. Yes. Yes. That's what I think too. Yeah. There's an excitement or something that happens before a regular, if we're on tour and we're, it's a Tuesday and we've been playing for the last three weeks, it's, it's super comfortable and casual, but there is still this like thing about going out that we're about to go and do something. As you know, when you walk out on stage, you're about to go do something. And if it's if there are nerves, I feel like they go away so quick. The minute that we make that the the couple yeah. steps to the stage and it's go time, it's this autopilot to a degree. Yeah, hyp- hypnotic state of mind. Does it work that way? With do you, like, if you're feeling anxious about something, does it kind of go away within the first couple jokes? It goes away after that first laugh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. First first song or first. Honestly, first line, first chorus, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is." This you is, hear them respond, yeah, or just like, "Dude, I've been doing this for 20 years." Now, what do you yeah. do though? How does it? If you're flowing and you're flowing, and someone shit talks or says something, you know, uh, you get a heckler or whatever it is. Yeah, if that's happened to you or not. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Has it happened to where it gets in your head and it's like the domino effect now, and it's like, "Fuck, I can't get out of my head now." Or are you? Pretty good at dealing no, with that. No, pr- pr- pretty good with it. I, I usually try to throw them down, like you know, shoot back at them. Yeah. It happened over the weekend, and I did it. Did it well. Sometimes I get, I lose my place. So lots of times, the people that come to my shows, they're they're YouTube fans, so they think it's a dialogue. They've never been to a stand up show, so that's a little awkward. So there's just people talking. And You're like, oh, that's just yeah. We're just supposed to talk to them. Yeah, and then that'll be like my my line. I'll be like, I'm the only one supposed to be talking. You know, like yeah, that'll get a laugh or but uh. But it's fine, yeah. And it really is. It's a stand up is a is a it's like a tight it's a tight tight rope act. You know, it's just like, okay, 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 move here, move here. This worked, this didn't. But the minute you feel like they like you, then I relax and I just have fun. Right. But that moment, you know, it's gotta come in the first five minutes. Do you have <laughs> any drinks before you go on stage? No, I don't drink. Do you have any smokes before you go on stage? I chew nicorette. But yeah. I I I can't perform high. I can't go about, I liked getting high, but I can't go about my day. I can't, gotcha. I, I can't be yeah, functional. Yeah. I'm not functional. I'm like, 
That's, that's it's lucky, fun, dude. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really smoke. Well, I don't, I don't smoke at all. Yeah. Um, but if I've ever had any like THC, it's like in a gummy like that, and I'm useless. 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 Just absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I like the feeling, and it's cool to listen to music, and, and just kind of you know space out. But I can't do shit. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no way on earth I could, you know, perform. I yeah. Get, so it's good for writing. I tried that once. Yeah. I got super duper high once, <laughs> and I'm like, I went to the garage. I'm like, sit down. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna, you know, attack this song idea. And I sat there and I played it and I've got the headphones on. And I'm like, oh, dude, I got so many ideas, so many ideas. And I started to go, fuck, man, this verse is really long. Like, how long <laughs> is this thing? You know, and I'm, and I was starting to realize like I'd lost my perception of time. And I was, I was, I was like, I had locked in my sense of time with like how many ideas I had. I'm like, I've had so many ideas. This verse has to be like four minutes long. But it was really just the same normal <laughs> amount. 20 second verse. Yeah, 20 second verse. <laughs> and then when I realized that, I'm like, shit, I need to go sit down. Like, so I like left, the, went, sat on the couch, turned on the TV, and then I like was ended up watching like the guide channel <laughs> like for like the next two hours. So, just the scroll of what yeah, was yes, on. Yes, yes. Not and, even and, watching And something. then reading like, oh, what's coming on next? And then getting lost in what I was reading and then I'm like, what a fucking waste of a night. I didn't get anything done. Um, it was just bad. So that's the last time I tried to, to do that. What about you? Well, I'm a believer that um, what you guys are talking about is, is a hundred percent true. And I think that to get past that, you just have to keep doing it. And I think that We're, the, we gave up is what it is. I think that you guys are just pussy quitters. What a great line! No, for real, I'm you not even kidding. Do more weed. I'm not even kidding. Like I, so I believe that like that's great. What you're saying is totally true. And I remember before I had ever tried smoke. I, I didn't try smoking weed until I was an adult. Until we, the reason I'd already written the reason it was after that. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first week going like, how the fuck do people? any function how do they drop like i remember hearing stories about people oh, i'd get stoned and i'd go drive to the beach and i'd go surfing and i'm like i don't even know where my shoes are dude like <laughs> yeah. like what the hell but <clears throat> eventually i found my shoes and i knew what i was doing and i was functioning <laughs> um and it made it it made my my views on everything actually quite different and um i perceive things a lot Different and are and you high right now? Some, no, oh. and I thought about it. To be honest with you, I thought about smoking before I came here. Um, I'm gonna do a high episode here, but I'm worried that it won't be good. Well, you and I would just be like this. <laughs> no, 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 it'd be great. Um, but Man, this is a long podcast. I like what you're saying because there's a part of me that wishes I could get high before I go on, on stage. Because what when I am high, I don't care. So it lifts all those nerves. Now, can I put two sentences together? I don't. I don't know. So, but I care if you do or not. I've, I've dealt. I've dealt with my life before smoking weed. Ever. Yeah. I've dealt with a ton of anxiety issues um, since a baby. You know, uh -huh. like, and so my whole life, I feel like, has been navigating through this since the, a baby. Well, since I, I don't remember not. Did you have anxiety as a baby. I, I can imagine I did. If I, if yeah. I don't remember not having it. I remember, and I yeah. and and not maybe in the way that everybody talks about it today. But I'm talking, you know, 40 years ago, like, yeah. um, and like seeing therapists and stuff as a young kid because of it. Um, so and and so if I do smoke pot or smoke weed, like, um, I could get out of my head like you're talking about and yeah. just be like, this is fucking awesome. But if one negative thing happens and it triggers me. 
I, it's the domino <laughs> effect and it's the other way. But there is something about that too at this age that I do kind of like, like, here we go. Let's see what happens. And talking myself through it and going, dude, you, you know what you're doing. Like, you know that how this feels, you know that you're going to feel this way again. And it's only a matter of time before you get out of it. You just have to learn how to fucking go through it, you know? Yeah. And, um, um, so sometimes that helps me get through it by having it in my system when I play. Um, I've kind of sometimes forget about all the, the bad shit, the negative shit that might be rolling through my head. Yeah. You me know? too. So great. it's a little vacation. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well guys hmm. go check out, uh, Hoobastank on Spotify, on YouTube, go stream the song, go watch beef. Um, you guys are amazing. You guys are really fun and thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having Thanks. us. All right. Anything else you want to promote? Say any, any, uh, any parting shots, any, any, uh, any advice you can give a young, my son is coming out with an album and I said, the album's done. I go, where's the album? He goes, Oh, we're doing one every two weeks. Yeah. That's like a big thing now. I yeah. Guess. So do people release the song one every two weeks and then after they're all released, then put the record out? I go, it's, it's already out. What's the point? Well, like, it, it, it loads every Two weeks onto that album. So right now there's only four on there. Oh, and then, then the thing's fully out. September 15th, gotcha. there'll be five. October 1st, there'll be six. What, what was it? The advice for... Yeah, any advice to young musicians? I always say, do it for the right reason. Mm. Don't do it because like, I want to be... Famous. I want to be famous or yeah. I want to, you know, like, do it so that if you, like like you said, if no one ever heard your music, you still love that you poured your yourself into it that's really good um because i think that authenticity will ironically be very helpful in actually getting to to the quote rock star you know area if if if, uh if that's where you're um if you want to go i think the the fakes get spotted from a mile away yeah um and uh so cliche just like find your own voice do like do you don't Mm -hmm. go like i love this artist, I want to do just like that. You know, you might, I think that's helpful to start like almost like a, like a template, mm-hmm. but then work off and find who you are and, and, and don't worry about like, uh, if you're a singer, at least don't be like, Oh, I got to be as good as these people on these TV shows and stuff like that. Fuck it. Just, you don't need to be, no, as good. you need to have you, you're mm-hmm. selling, you know, if you're, if you're selling, you're selling yourself, you're putting yourself out there. So it's your voice, your thoughts, Okay. You know, solid advice from someone who has a billion streams. A billion, a billion, how much now? A billion, billion, what? seven million, Did you, eight million. You need a little tracker. Yeah. I check that thing every Oh, wait, time. a billion, eight million? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. How do you Jesus say it? Christ. A billion, eight million, billion, bajillion. Eight million. I want to get to a Brazilian. Um, what would be next? A trillion, right? <clears throat> hey, what about, what about, we always joke about, Dude, we want to we want to start up because we're one, idiots. One, point se- or one, million, seven million. one billion, billion, seven, seven million. million. What did I say? You said one billion, eight close. million. You were. We always joke about having off. a podcast that the guys in the band. You should. Why won't I? Don't you? Because we talk so much shit. <laughs> and Who do you, we're you very, didn't talk any shit today. No. Yes. You, that's exactly. Um, oh, that's why you don't have the podcast. That's why we don't have a podcast. But we were jokingly want to call it. Even the guys in Hoobastank think. 
dot 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 because we because think, think you suck yeah or just suck. like that kind of stuff even the dude even the guys in Hoobasank thinks you guys are pussies like we're fucking pussies that's really good yeah like if because, we think you're pussies that's you're pussies great. If, you, if everybody thinks we suck even we think you suck like like um, why don't you do it because I don't because we're pussies because we, <laughs> we have to do all this shit this is too much shit to do you same, can use my studio for the, for the okay. same just reason I down. didn't do all the other rock star things that I should have when I had the chance you know, uh, uh, well, what do you mean? Remember, oh. I said I I I, I don't want to ruffle feathers, but maybe Publicly. I do. But maybe I do. You know, like I think I don't know. Ruffling feathers is tough because it like it puts you in that space, and, and then here's, now now you now they come back at you. Here's the thing: it's a negative it, space. It, it, to be I in. would never say shit about people that I wouldn't be able to take being said about me. I I've, I feel like I, we have in our wisdom and maturity a very realistic view of our place mm -hmm. in music currently in music history like i get it where we fit in the in the pop culture i understand like mm -hmm. i've been the target with this band has been the target of punchlines and jokes for years you know yeah so do those hurt or did they at times i think it depends on who you ask yeah, in the band I, I, and when it is i think it hurt oh. you probably the most it, yeah i i always was like and eh, whatever. Like, yeah. sometimes it didn't feel good, yeah. but sometimes I thought it was funny. Um, I think, I remember Zach Galifianakis had a Hoobastank joke. I think being He's funny. Had a few. I think being <laughs> funny. Had a few. Yeah. Being funny is cool. Yeah. But being a fucking asshole. Yeah. At somebody else's expense is not cool, which we have been guilty of. I've done that my entire life. All I <laughs> do is dick to people. <laughs> and as I get older, right. I realize it. But, um, um, I think for me personally, the reason why a lot of it hurt was because it was often, and I saw it from maybe people that in everyday life prided themselves on being empathetic, compassionate human beings, non-shit talkers. You can't say this and you can't bully this and you can't do this, except for if it's Hoobastank, <laughs> you know? Right. That's how I saw a lot of stuff. I saw a lot of people that in their every, yeah, like how they come off as a human being is I'm this and I'm empathetic. Yeah. I, 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 you can't be bullying this person, but then they were targeting us and it was funny to them or yeah. for clicks or whatever it is, or the dude who's writing the fucking article about the guy the other day, you know, who wrote some shit about us and I called him out on it and I was like, how'd you call him out on it? So somebody who claims to be a friend of mine, um, and a fan of the band is also a writer for a publication. And he sent me something that he was writing Part of me doesn't even want to talk about it because I don't want him to fucking see it and like That's think fine. it's, you think, think it's a thing. It. I, I mean, I, but no, I'll talk about it because it was stupid and it was annoying and it, it, it got in my head, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, he sent me this thing that he was writing on on Muse, the band Muse, yep. and their albums ranked worst to best, which I think is a cunty thing to do anyways. Let's talk about somebody's worst stuff and so I can get clicks and be snarky so all my peers that are writers can laugh at this shit. And in it, he, he just sent me a thing going like, yeah, I did a shout out to every man for himself or whatever your album is, whatever it is. Oh, cool. And this Muse thing, and I read it, and it said something about our album also having a drill sergeant on it like Muse's album had it. And he referenced Hoobastank, and then right after that, he says, no low-hanging fruit jokes will follow this. And so I fucking wrote him back, and I quoted his no, lo I said, that is actually the low-hanging fruit joke <laughs> yes. for your information, dude. Yeah kind of in a way where to let him know like that's not 
fucking cool in cool. my opinion. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. think that you're being funny and whatever, and I'm gonna like this, yeah, I don't. And, and so what I did let he say. I let him know, and he wrote me back. Whatever followed up with some other stupid fucking text that he sent me, and um, <laughs> and then um, I ignored him I, because I'm done. Like I'm like, this is just dumb, dude. This yeah. is just somebody that makes me feel comfortable and good. So yeah. I'm not gonna engage. I don't want to feel this way. So I'm not gonna engage. I'm like you. I'm 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 uh, I pick that stuff up and I carry it with me. I want to be more like you, Doug. So do I. Just roll and it I off. Am I have times. it roll off my back. Yeah, you know what? I kind of. It's a great skill. I kind of. I was thinking about going to do ayahuasca. I, I, Let's go. To learn Where? This. Let's go, dude. Oh, Costa we'll, Rica. It's we'll do it. Let's bring the cameras. The Come on. I'll go. With, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to, going to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca with Hoobastake. What a fucking cool sentence that will be. Dude, that, that would be a good oh episode. Oh my God. That'd be a good episode. All right, that's all the time we have. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's we good really to go out off, on that. No, it was great. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.